already got up and won the millions. Hootson's in front of Chauffeur, Hootson's gripping on, and Hootson goes all the way to win the Magic Millions. One by three quarters to It's all Capitalist, well clear, and Capitalist will brain them the favourite, bolts in the Magic Millions. Capitalist fights three Lucky Hustler went through, took the lead, and Lucky Hustler too good, draws away. Lucky Hustler, brilliant by two late strawberry boys. Sunlight for the millions. Sunlight won it brilliantly by three. GBS Hightail exhilarates. GBS exhilarates out wide. Exhilarates has won the millions. Alligator Blood, he's sinking his teeth into them. He's racing clear. Alligator Blood by two and a half. Two. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. And with a bit of the old Skyhawks rolling us in, it's Happy New Year. Welcome to Year-Round Carnival Preview Editions. We're having a good look at the Magic Millions at the Gold Coast. And we're back with Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Skyhooks. Yes. Now that's going back. <laughs> oh, man. Are they... Well, talk about Skyhooks, but Million Dollar Riff, I mean, can anybody create a better product than why these guys have delivered the Gold Coast? Not only are they continuing to deliver, but if you look at this card, it is unbelievable what they've done in what? What's it been, a decade? Oh, no, no, it's been longer than that. Like, longer than that, like, okay. Like yeah, yeah. Well, I took away a couple of those COVID years, but maybe it's remiss of me to say that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, what we have got is really big fields, big prize money, obviously, which which means they come from everywhere. But the, the unique nature, of course, of the Magic Millions is that the only stipulation is you have to have been bought at the Magic Millions. So what we've got is huge fields, but some of them are just, uh, uh, how do we put this nicely, Vince, there are, there are some big uh, class gaps in some of these fields. So hopefully that uh, that provides opportunities, which is what we're all about for our, our customers. Well, they have made it nearly. They should have made it 12 races, not 11. <laughs> well, Absolutely. With, with the biggest races in, you know, the biggest meetings in the world have 12 races, Rolfie. So they're, they're, they're heading on that pathway. I mean, why not? Why not throw another million or two? <laughs> why not? Exactly. All right, so let's have a look at how you think the track's going to play now. Last week, it was pretty noticeable. You, you sort of, there was there was like a big fast lane from uh, from probably, I think every winner was between two and four uh, lanes off the fence. Uh, we've got soft conditions. Uh, the latest report was that uh, just soft. Uh, that's re- requiring a bit of luck with the weather, of course, uh, today. Why is there rain coming? I haven't looked at YR. Is, yeah, is so there... YR was saying uh, eight mils today, three mils tomorrow, but, you know, hot, sort of, uh, you know, high 20 conditions overnight, uh, low 20. So uh, certainly we've got, the, we've got the type of drying conditions that uh, that's going to be needed. All right. Well, step one in terms of the profiling, the work that where we are at the moment is based on a good track. Of course, we'll make the adjustments if that rain does continue and we do end up on the slope. The hardest part's this. They've resurfaced the ground, and it did change the dynamics dramatically. The original, obviously, platform that you look at the benchmarking on was very uh, difficult to use that, given that there you could see there was some compelling differences. So they had to be isolated so we could get true insight 
to what things look like. Otherwise, what was going to happen is you were going to be in a situation where you thought every single horse was Farlap. And yeah. that's obviously not the case, but it has changed the dynamics. And it'll be very interesting to see, like, if that rain continues and we end up on a slow track, maybe they'll get really deep. But it was hard to do that last week on, you know, reasonably quick like it was the track was really fast Ralphie all the way to about the 600 meter mark yep and then it come right off like it came off dramatically so I'm taking a position this could be the continuation even if there's given the ground that surface that they've reworked has put a lot more speed in the flow of the track maybe it was fresh use I'm not sure but we do have to have a little bit of caution there and you're right, Ralphie, if we can do a bit of zig and zagging and nail some horses, we're, we're a chance to make some great money. So what I'll do, we'll kick off from race four. We'll obviously ignore the first three races. And then if you want to deep dive, we will. Uh, otherwise, we'll just sort of touch on it. So uh, that's yeah. obviously starting then with race four, 1,300 metres. Rothfire's favourite, Vince, I'm looking at the Rapro platform. He dominates the grid as the best uh, performer in this race. Uh, I suppose the, the question is, he, he just sort of narrowly won at uh, Toowoomba leading in. So what was the merit of that performance and what type of improvement, if any, is required to win tomorrow? Well, 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 here we go. It's been a long time since I've been, in, you know, really square and strong in Rothfire's camp, but I'm having the same thoughts as you now. This is the time that for me to really consider it anyway. First section, 4.1 lengths above the uh, benchmark standard. We've got to go back quite a while to see a repeat of that all the way back to the 22nd of October, Ralphie, in 2022 when the horse was running at that speed and that was at Mooney Valley. So that's probably the first insight where it took the running. Here, it, it sat off him at Toowoomba, but they were still going pretty fast, 4.7, so I'm glad that that horse took that position between the 8 and the 400. I felt this is probably where we see some upside. It, it was... It was a decrease in speed from 4.1 to plus 1. There was a re-acceleration over the last 400 metres of around 1.7 lengths or 0.7 lengths faster than what it did in the midsection. But more importantly, off the slowdown of 3.2, when you sort of look at that, it does give you the sense that the overall figure of 0.1 below benchmark isn't justified. It's going to be a performance that's going to be a lot closer to the plus one range or better. And then when I use the race matrix, Ralphie, the clear indicators sort of confirmed that it was somewhere a lot closer to 1.7. And this is a great place for us to be starting with Rothfire. The big key will be this. Hopefully, well, if there's huge overextension in that first section, that could make it interesting. I, I do hope that the rider will just take the sit like he did it's a Woomba, and if he does that, and even if he camps a couple off him, he's going to be rewarded. So he, he's got the wide barrier there. I'd say for a horse like him, and just exactly what you just said, when you've got a horse like Azarich in, in, uh, as a natural leader, a wide barrier is perfect for him. Well, he was, he's never going to go anywhere else but forward. Yeah. And if he just takes his time to get there without sort of like completely booting up. He will come across because there's, you know, there's a few runners there. They're going to have a significant edge on speed, and this is one of them. He he can use his tactical pace. 
just don't go like he did Eagle Farm back in 2022 when he went plus 12. That's all. <laughs> just don't do that. Exactly. So uh, this is a horse who, who we've really pegged as a plus two horse post his operation, and that means he's always been competitive. I mean, his last 1,300-metre run was uh, was second in Group 1 company at Eagle Farm. Uh, sorry, third to... Uh, to, to think about it, which, which the uh, so that, that sort of tells you he's a clear class edge. You always ask why a market is is a certain uh, price, and he's, he's uh, well, he's as much as three dollars forty now. That's because of the weight differential, no no doubt whatsoever. On on pure talent though, Vince, if he brings his A game, uh, uh, he really it's it's only going to be as you said overextension that should or, or him not being right on the day should keep him out of the placings. Really, and, and with Heathcote as a trainer, he knows the horse back to front. It'll be a low probability of that happening. I yep. truly believe that's the only thing that stands in this horse's way is the overextension. If he doesn't do that, he's definitely going to be a top three finish, Ralphie, which is the first starting point for me. Beautiful. All right. Uh, the staying race is, uh, again, moderate conference here. This is race five from the program. There were there were um, <laughs> very, very clear indication that Skylab has been set for one race and one race only this prep, and that's been this staying race because, of course, he won it last year. He's uh, It's been a different sort of lead-in for him, so he's about $7. you got Zenzella, who was terrific at, at Caulfield, and and, and uh, I'll get you to talk through also about the, the different change of circumstances from first up in the mile to, to that Caulfield win because it was a different tempo race. So United led throughout at, uh, at uh, was it, I think it was Rose Hill, let me, <laughs> I cheat him over, Vince, I should remember that, Randwick, sorry, uh, and here's the other one who's in the market. What's your thoughts in this race? Well, is, is Skylab the actual favourite? No, no, Zenzella's uh, favourite at high Zenzella. threes, okay. and then yep. uh, and then pretty much So United and Skylab both around that six seven dollar range. Yeah, okay. Well, probably with the Skylab scenario, it is it's it's a good horse on the day. Like I know that right, and it's definitely got capability. But is it going as good? When I look at all the intel. Rolfie, and just the, the pattern of what this horse has done since it's come back, which is in August 23, everything sort of gives me like a little bit of the negative sign that this horse isn't trending as well. And then I stress test it, and boy, oh boy, Ralphie, you've got to stress test these numbers because when you use the race matrix, it gets pretty exciting, right? And the reality is the pattern's the opposite as well. Like it's 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 even... Uh, even worse than what I'm saying to you. Like, it's just not delivering. So I am nervous about that. Now, I know they've spaced their runs, but is the question mark for me is, is the horse the same horse? Of course, if it can come back to that profile that you talked about or touched on, then yes, absolutely. On its absolute A game, <laughs> no doubt this horse would be super competitive. And if that's where they're at, then the horse will be in the finish because... It's a big field, but it's thin in terms yes. of abilities. So that's why I guess it's hard to dismiss this horse, but it's difficult for me to dive into this horse when I see just the, the profile. There's some smatterings of good signs, but it's not enough for me. Senzella, on the other hand, Ralphie, when I look at this horse's profile, it's my Eustace, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that's step one. And, and look who the engagement is. He's got quite a few horses running there, right? But look who's on board. Jake 
Yeah, that's just another very important sign. And then I sit back and say, initially I go, oh, just two runs for the campaign. Normally you'd sort of say you're half run short at least. But from this stable, it looks pretty measured. And firstly, that Caulfield run, 12.9 lengths below benchmark first section. This is first up? Yep, this is yep. first up at Caulfield. That, that's pretty slow pace. Definitely you would have needed a, a, a run off that. But then it went to Caulfield second up on the 26th to the 12th. Huge improvement in the early speed of around nine lengths. Even in the mid-race, Ralphie, the horse improved over four lengths and was entitled to drop out and won. Now, you have a look at the drop-off late. The drop-off over the last 200 metres was around two lengths. It was 2.4 lengths below benchmark, but the actual de-acceleration was two lengths. But if you take it all the way back, and this is the interesting one, right? Take it all the way back. I actually felt this horse was tapering from around the 600. And that's more like a 4.1 lengths, right? So this horse is going to get immense improvement of that. It, it's virtually 21 days. And if any horse, any stable can do it, it's this. And the crazy part is this. If there were a lot tougher horses in this race, I'd still be a bit nervous, but it's hard to be nervous when you've got this stable. You would feel that you should be very confident this horse is going to uh, make a big leap. It's already a horse that can meet the criteria, which is only minus 1.2. And unfortunately, yes, it is short, but it's the right place to start. Well, well look, I mean, 245 days between runs, but then the two words I love using, trainer's intent. Yep. It's a magic millions horse. They would have said, well, we're not going to have it ready for the spring. Okay, let, let's just put it push, push the campaign back a bit. The fact that it ran so well first up at a mile, that tells you it's walked into the stable this time in with – this is its grand final. Yes, and the other beautiful parts of this, if we look at that campaign when it won a Flemington Ralphie back in uh, 22. Early speed there, Vince. <laughs> yeah, oh, like, are you kidding me? I mean, it was ridiculous, right? Plus 10, and the horse yeah. still won. But what I'm more interested in is this. How much has the horse evolved since then? Seeing is believing, but the intel's sort of giving a clear signal this horse could be two to four lengths better. And if it is going to trend to that level now as it gets up to this sort of distance range, I wonder what horse we might see in the spring because that's where this horse is trending. It's trending to be like we might see this horse emerge as some serious spring contender as well and be too good for this field. Well, I know what you like with the place on side. So at a high $3 range, it's going to be an opportunity then just to finish off there with because it's in the market. So United, like I said, led all the way at Randwick. That, that was a very leaderish day, which did assist. And now it has to do that at 2200. I think, again, that might assist Zenzella being able to just slide across because you know that how uh, how the Waterhouse bot team like, like the horses ridden. It'll create yeah. pace. And you can see this looks very clear, like it's an indicator. This is what they're targeting. And I've looked at that bit of quantum leap improvement as well, Ralphie. So this horse is definitely trending in the right direction. Point one above benchmark last start, top three. Now, we're going to turn around in speed here, which is actually more than, Zen, than Zenzella, right? It's 11.4 from one run to the other. But it's actually a bit more significant than that because this horse went plus five first section, which is huge, right? Yeah. From minus 6.4 to plus five. Even though the gap between them in terms of acceleration difference is only minor between the two horse, but the actual extension above benchmark is significant. And this horse 
I actually, <laughs> I actually felt this horse was probably tiring from the thousand metre mark, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and because of the polish of the Waterhouse bot, there's no doubt Adrian Bot is definitely now and has been now for more than a season clearly using the lethal weapon that Gay Waterhouse was so powerful at when she was in total control, right? And we're seeing it here. So I expect nothing but a tenacious run from this horse. He's going to love the distance. And he, for me, represents as the major threat in the race. And, of course, uh, if the track's playing like it did last week, uh, <laughs> you, you want to be on horses up on the speed, so that's where you'll be. Oh, you'll be going forward, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll uh, talk further tomorrow, should we need to. Race six in the program here. I'm trying to work out what the difference is between race six and seven as far as the sprint goes, other than one's 1,100, one's 1,200. There's all types. Of, it's called syndicate. Maybe it's for, for big syndicate horses. But it, in the bottom line is there's a million dollars up for grabs, and it looks, again, a thin field, lots of horses that, uh, that really are seemingly just making up the numbers, Vince. And... Well, it's a two-way look at this race for me before I speak to you, and that was Prince of Boom on class dominates the race, but there is this uh, Golden Boom who does look on the up. So I'll, just, uh, I'll get your thoughts there with Prince of Boom, high threes, Golden Boom about mid-fours odds-wise. Now, isn't that exciting if we're already at this point in time narrowing down on a couple of horses? And they're big fields. It's like Russian roulette. Yep. Which number are you going to pick? But... We're narrowing it down, which is really important. <sighs> Prince of Boom, obviously the first up run. I, I, I didn't look at the stewards' report, Ralphie. Yeah, Just, EIPH, I think. Right, okay. Well, that answers that. Yeah, it's hard, brother. <laughs> yeah, well, as as you would be aware, when you see a minus 14.1 over the last 14, uh, 400 metres or a minus 10.5 or 10.5 lengths below last 200 metres, the signal's pretty clear. The flag's gone up. Something's not right. Yep. And even though <laughs> this is the funny thing, like the horses run ninth at Eagle Farm, but <laughs> what a dramatic lift, right? Yeah, one back point, on track run. Yeah. 1.8 lengths below benchmark overall, right? This is on the stress testing. 2.5 on the adjusted IVR below. And all I see is that's exactly what this horse needed. It needed... We needed to see that the horse is back. It, well, four of the five runs from last campaign, any of those four runs, the horse wins this race. Eagle Farm, 24th of the six, 1,200 metres, plus 1.5. Eagle Farm, six, uh, third of the six, plus 1.9. Eagle Farm, 29th of the fourth, plus 1.1. 15th of the fourth, plus 1.1. Everything just demonstrates one thing. You're the horse to beat. Okay, the 1,100 metres, I went and had a look and said, okay, what sort of negative could we have from that? But then I, I found the run there, Ralphie, on the 5th of March, 2022, Toowoomba, plus 1.3. I stress-tested the number, and it was plus 1.2. Again, I would add that to the mix and say, well, any of those performances, and we, you know, Golden Boo will have to take the next step to be able to beat it. And this is where we're at. We go to Golden Boo. 
Yeah, so um, and then the trial looked good uh, leading into my eyes, but that's just eyes. So you've obviously been able to put the clock across it. Is that I would comfortably say that Tony Golan Horse uh, first up here. It's full trainers intent. He's coming to play. So what type of upside could you could you put for this horse? Okay, if we look at the intel, like I go all the way back to Sunshine Coast second lifetime start which was a 0.8 above benchmark overall performance. And you could make a case that that run, even under the way I look at things these days with the race matrix, it was probably still overall potentially above benchmark performance. Therefore, what it did at Sunshine Coast at its very last run before the 196 days didn't actually eclipse that, Ralphie. So I'm asking myself the question, do we have a horse that meets the 80-20 rule that for, the, for their entire lifetime, they're just chasing that number of uh, 0.8? And yep. this, this looks like the case, right? So I'm working on the assumption off the barrier trial that this horse is probably going to, you know, obviously produce its best. And I have an expectation that somewhere around 0.8 is where it needs to be. And if it, if Prince of Boom comes back to what I anticipate is going to happen, then Golden Boom's got to find another length. And if it does, then it's its race to own. And if it doesn't, well, then it's going to have to be a bridesmaid to it. Well, it sounds like it's the third time that uh, you're thinking there's a good place on side opportunity for a wide-drawn horse, in this case, Prince of Boom, because, uh, yeah, Tim Clark can just get across on, on his terms with that early speed that it's got. When right. Yeah, look, I always get nervous when I start liking a lot of horses from one stable <laughs> because, again, that's a that's the law of the mathematics. It don't always work in your favour, right? <laughs> so I, I am conscious of that, but the reality is I'm only, I can only see it the way the numbers are sort of panning out. And it's another race where we've got another 24 hours to think about whether we look at putting chips on Golden Bloom or Prince of Boom, but this is where we're at. Yep. All right, the... Uh- the next sprint is over 1,200 metres, uh, where King of Sparta is the favourite. I, I suppose that the so there's two points here. One, the horse dominates on on, uh, on talent, and you'd have to say that uh, absolutely he's entitled to his figure uh, or his uh, his price at the moment, where he's you know about a dollar eighty. I think's best bet. But wow, you wouldn't want this to be this track last week, if you know what I'm saying, Vince, because <laughs> then then J Mac's really going to have to do some ducking weaving because it wasn't a, a place to get back unless you had complete luck through the field. So uh, just get you to talk through what, what you think as far as his A, talent level, and B, what challenges he could have depending on how the track's presented. Oh, the only disappointment's this. The price. That's, that, that, that's it. You know, I, I, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? Big fields, big day. How about $3, $4 like all the other races, right? Well, yeah. Why are they signaling this thing to be so short? And I get it. I get it. Have a look. It's profile rough. Just look on Rappo over there, right, on the racing yeah. analytics platform. Minus one run, right? This is the one at Ramwick on the 14th to the 10th. All I see is green everywhere, right? And green represents how far above benchmark. And yes. the range is anywhere between 0.6 and 2.6. And then I stress test it, right? And this is the exciting part. And the stress test shows anywhere between 1.1 and 3. So, goodness me. Goodness me. Yeah, the track's the only thing that can beat this horse. 
<laughs> well, and that's the sad part, point. right? Yeah, it is exciting. It's just the price is not exciting, right? Yeah. And then I, I – and, of course, and I didn't sit there initially saying, you're it. I'm working through all these runners saying, goodness me, wonder how many dangers are going to be. And I could only genuinely find one. And that, that scares me as well. Only one danger. <laughs> so that's uh, the uh, as, as far as the on talent or on uh, on recent form, because I suppose Ball is the other one on historical talent. He's not going as well, but you've got Petronius shooting for gold, that's, Rose Quartz as your others. Yeah. So P- Petronius. Yeah. Look at what this horse has done. Probably not paying enough respect. Is it because of the stable? I don't know. What is it? Because look at the last four runs. 12th, the 11th, 22, 1.6 above. Went to the 3rd of the 12th, Doombin, when it ran 2nd, plus 1. Okay, 1 at Doombin with a minus 1.3, but under the stress test, it was above benchmark. Has 161 days off, Ralphie. Turns up over 1,000 metres, and the horses come back with a plus 1.5, virtually matched what it did at Doombin, and there's no question... That obviously they've got this horse ready to go first up, but the reality is everything sort of points to more improvement, right, to come in terms of where this horse is scoped out. They put it away, it's had a long break, and here we are, just looking for a positive yard report. This is a sleeper, Ralphie, this horse is a sleeper. I have this uh, feeling that maybe we might see the trend of another level coming, and it has one horse in its way, King of Sparta. Well, uh, you've got uh, you've got about uh, as best as seventeen dollars available for that horse. So that's that's the type of price we like trying to find for our, uh, our customers there on the Friday. So uh, we'll talk about that race further. The, the uh, three million dollar two year old Magic Millions, Vince. It's a bit of a crapshoot this race. Uh, some years uh, we have uh, we have you know there could be a, a Cool and Gatter or a, or a, mm-hmm. I don't know Houston Testarossa, but some some years it's it's pretty plain. All you got to do is beat your opposition, and uh, so far this this. This campaign for this crop, there hasn't been a lot of exposed talent amongst a two-year-old, so I'd be keen to see where you, where you rate Storm Boy ahead of uh, others like Spywire, Highness, uh, Arabian Summer, as far as uh, those in the market. He is short, but he sort of profiles, I would say, similar to Cool and Gatter a couple of years ago. He at least has shown speed, and he's shown speed over 1,200 metres, which the others haven't. So is Storm Boy the favourite, Ralphie? Storm Boy is the favourite, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the mid-twos. Well, the reality is this. <laughs> I would... Again, this was probably a scenario where I would have hoped. I, I was probably praying more than anything. I said, please, race maestri, show me sh- much stronger figures. So that way there I can get even more excited. But it's actually right on the mark. That last start performance, 2.7 lengths below benchmark. That's where the horse is at. And when I sort of sit back and look at it a little bit more carefully, there is a there was a fair bit of merit there in its second lifetime start. Firstly, what I looked at is this, Ralphie. What sort of... Improvement that you have speed-wise from the first run to the second run, and it's and it's over four lengths, and we know that's a good sign, right? Yeah. And, and it's eleven hundred to twelve hundred, so we we have to see that as a plus. The bigger one for me was this: pretty aggressive in terms of the improvement in the mid. It was like almost well, it was five and a half lengths improvement in the mid race, but it was four lengths above benchmark, showing that the horse has got a bit of seasonality about it. And then, of course. You should get a drop-off. That should equal one thing. Hopefully, a lot more upside to come. I mean, that that drop-off was three lengths 
below benchmark last 400, but a deacceleration of around seven lengths. And the horse won 1,200 metres first time. And I can see why all that's happened. Big effort in the in the early to the to the middle stages of the race. Well, if this horse takes half that improvement, we're going to have above benchmark and it'll win. Nice. <laughs> nice and simple there. Yep. And, uh, and again, so you got an IVR forecast of minus 3.1, which is low. But like I said, last year was a, was a very plain addition. Minus 2.2 was enough to win this race where Skirt the Lord won. So, um, you know, all you have to do is beat your opposition. And, and what you're saying is amongst the opposition, there hasn't been anything that's uh, put its, uh, its hand or its hoof up. Now, and the challenge is this. Not that this is a race that I don't generally, you know, from a personal point of view, venture in. It is interesting from an exotics point of view because there's huge value outside of that in terms of what might fill the slots yep. should Storm Boy win. Because seriously, big field, $2.30. What, what did you say it was, Ralphie? Yeah, about two thirty-two. Yeah, it, yeah. It, like, it's skinny, right? Yep. It's very, very skinny for a horse that hasn't broken benchmark, but all the all the signs are that it is ready for that, and maybe the value is going to be added by who who runs behind it. Well, you, you've put Wolfgang in your most advantage here. I noticed also I was just reading Race It, trying to get some background on the race, and Robbie Waterhouse has also said he thinks this horse is the value player Wolfgang. If it's playing like last week, Blake Shin will have it absolutely in the A1 spot from the inside draw. Oh, how interesting that he sees that that's the value. Interesting. Yeah. A double dipping in the race, do you think? <laughs> no, he, he said he said he's very happy with somebody. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> but he, he sees value. What does he hope some people back that? And Blue goes uh, first for the no, uh, no. For Wolfgang. That, and that's fair enough too, Ralph, yeah. because when you look at this horse here, the only thing that I'm seeing with this horse here, is he you know, is he ready to, to make this because it's gonna be run with speed. Yep. And if this horse is running uh, let's say five, six lengths below benchmark, which is where I actually see it being, then <laughs> even though it had a drop-off at its last start when winning, the drop-off was a little bit off the cliff with nowhere near the same, you know, pressure and velocity that Storm Boy did. It, the numbers are close, but it's probably not real. Yeah. But the reality is this, in terms of where it sits, if I took away Storm Boy, absolutely a chance of uh, taking a top three finish. And this is, you're right, this is where the value begins. It sounds like you're not, you're, you've got no problems with, with uh, the fact that uh, the um, Storm Boy is a favourite. Well, Ralphie, if you look at all the intel, you'd have to be pretty wild if you're moving away from that horse. And this is, see, this is the trap, right? We're form students, we price them up. And yep. what I used to do, and, I, and I'm just purely young on my own experience. Vince Sicardi 20 years ago, priced it up. I marked the horse $3 because it's a big field, right? Yep. And so for value, I need $3. Oh, my goodness. Can only get $2.30. Okay. Who's the next horse? Wolfgang. $18. I'm on that. Not on Storm Boy. Storm Boy wins. Vinny's looking out his pocket saying, where's the money? There isn't any. Because those days I wasn't betting in the place, right? I go, it's, all, it's not even on the ground. It's been taken, right? Yep. It's actually disappeared. And really what I should have done is just stay out of the race. If you can't be on the best horse, either stay out or do exotics, right? That's yeah. the different play. Have some exotics so you can have a very small investment and still uh, get some nice money out of it. Nice. All right. Uh, now, the three-year-old uh, Magic Bands. This is interesting. Uh -huh. Three million up for grabs. So let's, uh, let's, 
3 million. So let, let's uh, obviously use this as a starting point. Every single horse in this race, this is its grand final. <laughs> we can be nice and confident about that, Fitz. They've come here because this is their grand final. 3 million up for grabs. Mix four minds, and that, that could create value here, and I'll, I'll get to exactly why. So you've got... Uh, uh, we'll, we'll bracket Safrado and Chrysler. Interesting, Safrado. I think pretty sure has beaten Chrysler twice, but uh, Chrysler's favourite at five dollars from Safrado around about seven dollars. You got Sydney Bowler with some different form. One all three starts. Uh, it's uh, it's about seven dollars. Uh, abounding. You got the uh, the Queensland form. Uh, just scraped home last start after a very good uh, second when it uh, when it uh, hit the line very hard and. The other horse that's in the market, and again, I want to keen on using your IVR platform here, is Royal Tribute, who has been above benchmark in all its races leading in, and it's uh, narrowly beat Infatuation, who's also seemingly good odds there at about $12. Your thoughts? Wow. Well, the complexity is this. If this was a 1,200-metre race, I'm pretty confident there's only very few chances. Yep and therefore eliminating 90% of all the runners that have all been set for this race, like forget about them. But it's 1,400, and it creates that new dynamic of how you're going to you know, look at that and what do we do? Who are the horses that have never been there that are going to take it for the first time? And I, and I want to start with Royal, Royal Tribute, Ralphie. Again, I'm, I, I seem to be in a place where i got Heathcote in one camp, I got Waterhouse, another camp, and like I've got two lanes on the highway at the moment, and they seem to be the lanes in these different races. Are these two trainers going to, you know, win some races? But what what I can definitely say is they look like they're certainly going to give them every chance. And Waterhouse with Raw Tribute, it's faultless, Ralphie. It is absolutely faultless. Point two above benchmark last start. You have a look at what it did in the race. 2.6 lengths above benchmark first section. 2.8 above between the eight and the four. Of course, you've got to get some drop-off. But this is what's interesting. The actual horse had a bit of a slowdown before the four and the two at Gosford. Actually lost 3.7 lengths of momentum and then rebounded. Of course, what does that give you? That gives you the insight. No doubt the Waterhouse team have this horse rock-hard fit. The question is, how do we treat the 1,400 metres? It's a big field, a lot of pressure. Where's the speed? And I looked at that Rose Hill run, the start before in October, 1.6 lengths below benchmark. I said, okay, if you were travelling at that speed, where would you be in the race? So this is what I was visualising. Could you be within six lengths? Because the way that horse finished off that race, right, when you look at, the last 400 metres of plus 4.7. And mind you, when you look at the horse was making all the running, right? And it was going 1.6 lengths below benchmark. Now, it's not going to be able to go to the front at minus one. It's not going to happen, right? It's going to have to go at a much faster pace. So are Waterhouse going to say, go to the front and try and run him into the ground? Well, if that happens, then we're going to have to have some vulnerability over the last 200 metres, aren't we? Well, well, definitely the, the one one factor probably to, to put in, though, if the track's playing like last week, that's exactly what you want to be on. <laughs> True. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, no, no. Absolutely. So 
that's the starting point for me in terms of where we are of horses. But then the other horse, where's it bounding in the market, Ralphie? Number 13. Yeah, similar sort of price, about that $7, $8 mark. $7, $8 mark. Okay. Well, this is this one, could I be saying, might be, it's, well, it's not forgotten. It's in the market. Go back to that Eagle Farm run, Ralphie. The 10th of the 6th, 2023. Yep. That listed race where it ran third. The overall figure was 2.6 lengths below benchmark, but under the stress test, it was plus 1.7, which is a really interesting sign. And then... So, had, so what does that actually mean for our customers to say, okay, so say mean, that you've gone from... Uh, you, you've really upped that figure, saying that that race deserves more respect than, than what originally given? Yeah. Okay. So generally speaking, this is what the race matrix is about. It will look at all the horses that race in that race and that's six moving runs leading into that how are the figures and the algorithms trending to bring insight to what's the true class of the race and what happened in this situation is we didn't quite get that in that particular race because most horses had only had three starts and not six right but the beauty is this most of the horses had three subsequent runs. So what it does is it looks at the past six runs. It looks at the four future three runs if they've had it, right? Yeah. In a lot of cases, we'll see horses they haven't. But when you go back a preparation, you'll find that you can see that. So when you click on the race matrix and you go into that section, Ralphie, then what the trend line is saying there is here's the variance. The race is as bad as 3.7 lengths below benchmark or as strong as 0.4 below before MPS margins. So Majors per second. Yeah. yeah, not using the actual official margins. And then when you look at that, what it was uh, indicating is I go back to the fourth horse. I, I generally don't go beyond that. And the gap between the first and the third horse is around 0.8 in the MPS margins and 1.3 the maximum therefore giving you a pretty clear signal that this race was probably a lot closer to plus one range. Right. So we, we, put, her, we put her in Sizzlers from that Doombin run on the 2nd of December, of December, scrambled home at Eagle Farm, uh-huh. four weeks between runs. That possibly Was there possibly some flatness in, in scrambling home? A couple of things. Have a look at what happened there. From 3.1 above down to minus 5.1. You just answered the question superbly, Ralphie. The big shift in the speed was the indicator that the horse still felt that run before and then obviously tanked out. So the question now remains is this. There's no doubt I believe the horse has lost speed in its legs, but I'm actually going to see that as a plus because I don't know. Do you really want to be hard up on the speed with a big field and four or five horses tackling that front or, you know, like having to engage in that forward pack. I'd rather if, if you could sit midfield and you just get the luck and running, right? Yep. And then, mate, and again, this is not a race where you're going to go and get your war chest out and go crazy, but this is a race where if you want to look at multis, you probably could get the value, and this is the beginning of it, this horse here. So the, the top two, uh, just give, give us your thoughts here with Sifrato and Chrysler. Have they been doing enough? I certainly wouldn't want to be on them if the track was playing like it did last week, but they're obviously going to be strong late-type horses. Well, hard to knock Sifrato. Yep. Because one thing you do know is it's this horse won't have an issue with the distance. Yes. It's where are you going to be in running? And my view is this. Now, 
I'm probably not a master of trainers in Queensland. I'm just looking at this trainer. He bought the horse in October 23. First up, ran a length below benchmark. Then he gave it 28 days off. Went to Doombin. Ran 6.6 lengths below benchmark. Then had another 35 days off and then finally hit the straps last start. Was this trainer using those three prior runs, or particularly the first two from the spell, as quasi-barrier trials? Was he doing that to get the horse, you know, race ready? Now, if this is the case, that's exciting. But what is going to be very evident is that there's no way the horse is going to be maintaining that freshness in the legs. Absolutely no chance. And the 4.3 lengths below benchmark, you could see the grind in the win last start. The move between the eight and the four was only a couple of lengths, and it was sitting, what, around five lengths from the leader because the lead speed was 0.7 above? Yep. Uh, I, I, I sort of feel that this horse is going to be hoping they're going to go like rockets. Because if uh, it, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say, because Chrysler ran second to it. It was first up, but off a little freshen, a little bounce there, and it won that big prize money, but – uh, limited talent uh, mile there as far as what was on the clock there at Randwick. But you can say, <laughs> again, trainers intent, this is uh, $3 million up for grabs. Well, it isn't. What's evident with this Chrysler is this, obviously this horse has loved where there's been a lot of heat in the race. Yep. And when you look at that win at Randwick, you have a look at it, 7.5 lengths above benchmark that first section was. And this horse was travelling 3.4 above. So it can blend into the shape. So that I like that when a horse has that tactical capability. And then you look at the drop-off. Really, when you think about it, it was pretty pretty gutsy. I mean, 0.2 only below benchmark last 400 metres in a mile race. So you, it's hard not to feel this horse is – well, I don't like to say this, but there's a difference in the trainers. Yeah. It, it just – there's just the gap. Like, they've gone for two different strategies, but you've got to take Waller before the other trainer, right? You just have to. And then you look and say, okay, and he's got J-Mac on it. That, that doesn't hurt. <laughs> no. You see, that's a plus, right? So he, he ticks all the boxes. And is he the horse that's just going to sit off him and just go bang? Yeah, that's what, yeah, race shape-wise. And, and, the, and the left field one, or I suppose not left field, but different form is the unbeaten Sydney bowler. Where's the uh, project? Ah, Sydney Bowler. Well, I'm just looking at the last start run. It's definitely a horse that's clearly trending upwards, and we know Osho can train, right? Yeah. Last start, 0.5 below benchmark, finished six best of the day. Under the matrix, it was 0.3 above, so that's beautiful. I look at what the horse did tactically in that 1,300-metre race. What a saying. So just a length off that pace, a little bit more, travelling 0.2 below. Good improvement in pace from the first two runs. <sighs> maybe not a big extension in the mid-race, going 2.3 above, but maybe that's all the horse had to do to win. And no ceiling, absolutely no ceiling, and does meet what's needed here. The big question will be this. How is this horse going to taste a race that may be five or six lengths faster than what it's seen before. That's all. And a new dynamic it has to cope with. Yep. 
All right, race 10 on the program here. Can we believe it? We've got 11 races here. 1,400 metres again. It's it's nice nice and open on uh, on first glance there, but then dig deeper. There's a lot of horses that, uh, uh, well, uh, they're, they're here because they're qualified by being bought at the Magic Millions, not, not on talent. So really, it, it does look thin at the top end, Vince. You've got Zerastro favourite around about $5, sorry, equal favourite. We're far too easy. He's always had a, a big boom on him. Lock Eagle coming from a, a Villiers, the old Villiers, of course, now the Ingham, and Tamerlane are the other two hard in the market, as is Revolutionary Miss. So really, the market's identified five main chances. Also, another horse I want to ask you about called Samana that uh, that uh, interests me doing my prep work leading in. How, how do you see this race? Yeah, well... I was just thinking about what you were saying there. Yeah, the illusion of the big field, and then the reality is when you dive in deep, you're just yeah, you're so right on point, Ralphie. Like there's only again not a lot of chances, and it's really only bad luck that'll beat one of these horses. Okay, who do you want to start with? You want to start? Well, with- you've got most advantages, Lock Eagle, and that, that really interests me because I was just looking at the write up uh, post uh, post of Villiers, and and sometimes you have to learn from hindsight too. This is a slow maturing horse, but he, he just keep, keeps trending the right way. <sighs> I sit here, Ralph, and say, okay, 35 days, Chris Lee's, Nash. Well, these <laughs> boys can do it, right? These yeah. boys can do it. So that, that's the first thing I'm looking for. Can the boys do it, right? Yes. We're coming back 200 metres, though, right? So that was my little nervousness, but that last star performance at a mile. Plus 1.7, best of the day. Wow. You know, like this, this horse went to a new level. And then I stress test and it's, and it's indicating that you could go probably as far as 2.4 above, which is even better. So the challenge is this. You've got 35 days. We're back 200 metres. Is the horse as good at 14 as it is 16? That's the query, right? Is it as good? Yes or no? If it is and it repeats what it did, then this is the right horse to start with as being the one they've all got to beat. I have that little bit of a caveat. What was the grand final in your view, Ralphie? Because you, you're good at looking, you know, future forecasting. Well, well, this is one interesting part about it because this it was sort of, you could say, obviously, well, the Egan was huge prize money as well, but it was an emergency. Chris Lees was having a laugh after the race saying, race morning, we were trying to look for the next race because – it wasn't going to get a run, and then it gets a run at uh, at seven twenty seven race morning. So, I think they'll open in their thinking, and then it's gone so well, and it's eligible for the Magic Millions, and it's a million dollars up for grabs. So they'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Well, they've got a horse that's absolutely airborne. Yep. And the clear indicators are the only thing that I feel that stands in its way. Now that you're listening to what you were saying, is really it's the distance. That's the only thing that stands in its way because the intel is giving some sort of indication that the horse may be a length inferior but it's still trending so i'm not going to just you know rubber stamp it in the opposite direction i'm going to say no the horse might just do this at 1400 meters with the 35 days off with nash on board and chris lee's pressure race this horse is rock hard fit why not why can't so- you be there yeah, well, I mean, you just touched on a word there, which, which is important here, pressure race. With Zerastro, it's it's one of the, the two favourites from the, among among the locals. And you know one thing, it's going to have to deal with pressure up front. Now, it has been doing that. It's a, it's won, what, what's won five of its last six starts, and, and uh, it's been doing it up front. In fact, six, 
yeah, five of its last six starts. Been doing it and doing it superbly, but it's always a different level when you've got a big field and a lot of other front runners in the in the race. Oh, yeah, Tony Golan, right? Yeah, he, he's he's a great trainer, and he's definitely been demonstrating that. But this has got to be the worst pattern I've ever seen. Right, but it, but it works for him, right? Yeah. But this is a pattern where you'd say, "No way!" Now, okay, let's let's have a look at this, Ralphie. We've got to go all the way back. The horse has been up since July. <laughs> yes. Would he have really been planning since July for now? Well, I'm sure it would always be in the back of his mind, right? Given that he's up there, living in Queensland, twenty-eight days, twenty-eight days, twenty-eight days, forty-two, twenty-eight. These are the these are the quantum gaps, right? That the horses had in only one run where it was fourteen days in in that whole preparation, and the horse hasn't finished any further back than second. So that defies a pattern. Usually, when trainers do these sort of things, they go nowhere, Ralphie. But Golan is he found something that in the horse that very few trainers have the ability of doing is to keep them fresh, and they keep finding new PBs. I looked at that last run, and yeah, it was like huge tenacity, absolutely huge. But if he goes out and runs like that on the weekend, he may as well be 50 to 1. Right. So where does Far Too Easy fit in? I mean, it uh, it ran third in that big prize money race at, uh, what was it called, the Kosciuszko at, uh, at Randwick. 63 days on the bounce, as you, you often say there. Uh, one at Eagle Farm, and I've got no doubt when it dominated at Eagle Farm, this is still its grand final. So uh, so taking that into account, it will have to get back, though. You wouldn't want the track to be playing like it uh, like it was last week. No, no, but when you turn for home, there's going to be plenty of uh, space, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the advantage you get. And no matter what happens, and this is what's very evident, when you get to the 600-metre mark to the finish, if it plays like it did last day, the speed in the track is dramatically changed. So if you can be in that midfield zone, get a little bit of an artificial slowdown. It's just if you're too far back, you can't, right? Like if, if you're more than the old method that we know, Ralphie, if you start being more than eight lengths from the elastic band, Approaching the 800 metres, things get tough. Now, you might be able to get another couple of lengths maximum, 10, with the way looking at what happened last up. But anything further back than you, no hope. And then, of course, if you circle wide, you're also no hope because you'll lose way too much ground. You have to stay tight to the corner and you have to go between horses. Otherwise, you're not going to get there, right? That, that's the reality. Yeah. I'm with you here for sure that this horse here, far too easy, is showing the one signal upwards. Now, mind you, <laughs> oh, look at this as well, right? I've got, to, I've got to think about the bounce theory a little bit here. This horse has been up since April, right? <laughs> yeah. And then he's had two, he's had four runs and then had 94 days. Maybe he had a week in the paddock. I hope he did, right? But his profile, even though the last five starts are all below benchmark, the race matrix actually has it trending above benchmark. And that last start performance, where we went 3.7 lengths below benchmark first section, plus 3.4 between the eight and the four, a little bit of a tank out over the last 400 metres. It was de-accelerating over the last 200 metres by about three quarters of a length. And I'm, I'm not going to say it's conditioning, uh, it's a taper, just this trainer. 
it looks like he's set it for this race, but is he good enough? Is he good enough to keep the horse, A, up for one more run, and B, could it just improve a little bit more, yes or no? Hard horse for me to put money on because of the trainer, not the horse. All right, we, we, uh, we're past the 50-minute mark, so I'm going to start winding it up, but I don't want to not ask you about Samana because is this the horse that's left field? Ma Eustace runs second or it's stable, mate, Royal Merchant, that we'll get to in the last race. Uh, and it looks like it, we know it's a horse with tactical speed. Dylan Gibbons goes on, who won on it during the year. I can't help thinking that that's a, that's a reason. That's trainer's intent to say, well, you know this horse, you've won on this horse, uh, get back on it. It's $17, Vince. What's its upside? Well, just two things. Firstly, Tamerlane. Yeah, sorry, I should have touched on that. Tamerlane should absolutely be in this race big time. Yep. And if you have a look at the way this horse is, this horse has been up since September and it's had the 28 days and the 56 days, the fresh enough. But it all gives one ring, all heading to today. And the 1,400 metres, it's got versatility. It can cope with pressure. It can be in the right place, right rider, right trainer. Please don't ignore that, right? Yes. Plus 1.5, Flemington, 7th of October. Runs to that number. It's in the finish. <laughs> in the money. Now, coming back to that interesting runner, I'm with you, Ralphie. I haven't. I, I go looking at these male horses as well. <laughs> this is Mr. Miracle Man. He's, he's, the, he's the only person in Australia that has capabilities of creating miracles. And he doesn't have to create a big miracle here because that run at Rose Hill, 1st of the 7th, plus 1.5. Excellent performance when winning over 1,400 metres and a real jagged race. 2.4 lengths above benchmark first section, 0.8 below in the mid, losing 3.1 lengths of velocity. And then, you know, very tenacious last 400 plus 3.9. And you don't have to be a genius to work out that this horse has been, looks very set for this race. Now that 3.8 first up, 6.1 lengths below benchmark. Put it down in your books. That was a trial. <laughs> Beautiful acceleration between the eight and the 400.3 above. Increased the pace over the last 400 with three lengths above. Put the race matrix on it, Ralphie. I'll get excited. 0.9 above. Very exciting news, right? Up to 1,400, big plus. Oh, you don't leave that out of you. I mean, Dylan Gibbons, what's, what's your view there? Well, I think that's the reason he's put they've put him on because you know obviously the the pool pool of riders are only so big and they said well you know this horse you've won on this horse so uh, that that probably adds to the confidence of the stable and the, and the reason why they've put him on. Well, he gets his chance. Yep. To um, break yep. through, he ain't Joe Mack and he ain't C Williams etc. But that that's probably why he's on. The, the the stable mate that I touched on, Royal Merchant's favourite, uh, sorry, one of the two fa- favourites in the last race, Lady Laguna's favourite, that uh, we uh, we put a big uh, stamp on it on Sizzlers and it delivered for us at a really nice price uh, when it won two weeks ago. Royal Merchant is a horse who we know can keep climbing and uh, it's South Australian data is really dominating this race if you look at the, at the overall uh, uh, talent level. And then there's horse like Junk Queer on the quick backup. Two starts at the Gold Coast, two wins, dominated at the uh, at the uh, Gold Coast meeting la- early last year, and uh, it looks like they've got it her right again as well. Well, Ralphie, this is what I'm seeing. When I got to the last race, <laughs> we, we went. Well, I had another lane early in the day. Heathcote. Yep. Middle of the day, Waterhouse. <laughs> Late in the day. Eustace, right? This is this is what I'm seeing, right? Yep. Can these boys win 
and girls, ladies win two races each, right? They're six, right? Three trainers. <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm thinking. I'm looking at because I looked at this race set. Nice, decent size field, few scratching, but there's not many chances. And it's sad you've got to wait till late in the day, but the money's here, right? There's definitely money here. Just where we've got to end up. Firstly, you talked about Lady Laguna, right? So let, let's go there first, Rob. Annabelle Neesham, J Mac. What are the what do we know about Annabelle Neesham? She's just she's a powerhouse with fresh horses, right? Yeah. But this horse here, right? Demonstrated the last campaign that it can be deep in the in the prep and keep producing. I look at the first up run, Ranwick, 0.7 above. The very first signal I see is this horse is trending at least two lengths better than last campaign. The race matrix matches it. I look at what it did in the run. 5.1 lengths below benchmark first section. Massive move in the mid-race, 6.2. But then I look at the drop-off and say, Annabelle, is this right? You didn't have this horse fully wound up. Great. Very exciting. Went to Doombin, 30th of the 12th. Improves. Goes to plus 1.2, best of the day. And you see it. Super improvement in the first section of 4.8 lengths in early speed, going from 5.1 below to 0.3 below. Didn't have the same mid-race, 0.4 above, but the finish over the last 400 metres was plus 1.2. I actually took the horses having a slowdown, and it looks like the target race. And I'm very, very confident that not only will this horse run dynamically at the distance, but we'll be set for a new PB. So... I, I, I get it, and I'm definitely on side with this horse as being one of three possible chances. Raw Merchant, can't fault it. Marhus is, look at that last start at Wyong. It was 3.6 lengths below benchmark. It was 2.9 lengths below benchmark through the first section. Increased the pace through the, the last 800 metres above benchmark. I put the race matrix on it, Ralphie, and the indicator was that it was a plus 1.1. I go back through the profile of this horse and I look at that Morphville run back in April where it was 3.3 uh, lengths above benchmark and I looked at the run on the 20th of the 5th where it was 2.3 lengths above. If it can do any either of those two runs, because the horse is rock hard fit, and it looks, the technicals are saying this is a target race as well. Well, Vince, just on those points of those two big South Australian runs, 10th run for the prep, 11th run for the prep. This is also thrives on getting fit and staying fit. Yeah. So, And they've worked it out. They've got this horse back. Yep. And this is a golden distance for the horse in my view. Jason Collett, unfashionable rider in my view. You never really know what you're going to get. But what is for certain is that if the split comes, he's not scared to take the split if he needs to, right? So if he's sitting off the pack and the split comes – He's going to take it. And he doesn't – I looked at those Ramwick runs just to see the the trend of the horse. They like to have him in the mix. Like, in other words, if there's pressure, you're going to have to run with the pressure and the horse can cope. So he's probably got a little bit of a, a benefit there. As long as he doesn't try and stifle the energy too much through the first five or 600 metres and puts himself in a forward mid-pack move – he might only have to navigate one or two horses to get the split and be the horse 
potentially hitting the front at some point in the finish. Well, that's five dollars in junk. Where I suppose is pretty faultless too from its Gold Coast performances. That's the only other runner I could put into the mix, Ralphie. Two runs, if you look at it from an IVR point of view, there it is a little bit behind. But where the the hidden talent for me was, you got to go all the way back, Ralphie, to the seventh of the first, two thousand and twenty-three, Gold Coast, where it produced a plus two. I looked at it and said, oh, that could be an outlier. This is what I loved about it. I put the race matrix on it, and then there it was, plus 1.7, franking the performance. And even the last run where it was 3.2 below, the franking was around 0.8 above, giving me a lot of confidence. This horse a little bit hidden, and then I look at the profile. Who have we got? O'Shea and Williams. Yeah, okay. User there, and you're really the only other danger. Beautiful. Well, the other theme for the day then is uh, confirm what we started with, that uh, there's a, there's big fields, but it looks like very skinny chances, and hopefully that's how, that's how things pan out. Uh, this has been our one-hour deep dive. Tomorrow we'll talk business. Really appreciate you being a customer of Year Round Carnival.